0: Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. So where do we start? Uh, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room right off the bat. Welcome you know, welcome back to the show. We, we uh, kind of disappeared on you a few months ago. It really blows my mind how fast time goes just got you know extra caught up with work and life and depression and things and and skipped like one episode and then just bam i blinked and it's been four months without a new episode so uh shame on me sorry about that super not cool to ghost you guys but we're back now we'll try to be better we're gonna be better i got a lot of stuff planned uh during the break while I was gearing up to get back on the horse, as it were. Uh, Back on the donkey? Is that more apropos for a Bible show? Anyways, while gearing back up, I totally redid my little computer office recording studio area. I had originally had this really small cramped, bullshit little corner desk in my room and uh, in, in the master bedroom and redid everything so now i have more space i can spread out a little bit better and it's just it's a joy to sit here and i've actually been really excited to record with the new setup so that doesn't really matter to you guys, I guess, but I'm excited. Uh, you know, for a new workspace environment, there's some psychology about you know making sure that's all good. So we got that going for us. So that's that's step one. Also, during the break, I attended a convention for podcasters called Podcast Movement. This was back in August, and it was eye-opening and amazing. Met a bunch of super cool people, other podcasters doing amazing stuff. Made a bunch of connections, talked to different you know companies and reps and everything. Uh, there was a part in the uh, the floor, the 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 convention floor, the dealer room, whatever you know, where they had puppies and free beer, and uh, it was just an amazing event. And hoping that down the line that'll turn into either having some more you know guests on this show or be being a guest on other people's show. And just, but just, even if it doesn't, just met some really cool people. It's a neat experience, you know. I, I love. Seeing other people do cool shit, and this was just uh but bursting at the seam with that so that type of energy so kind of in that vein, I wanted to highlight a couple shows that really impressed me and and people that I had met just uh in case you guys you know were looking for another show to listen to or whatnot. And I, first off, I was just going to like almost do like a whole episode and just throw at you, everybody that I met and how cool they were and everything. And I realized that probably get old and and you guys would go tone deaf to the whole thing. So I'll just kind of sprinkle them in here and there, if, especially if they're any kind of uh, there's some kind of tie in with an episode or something like that. So uh, the first one that I kind of want to mention, uh, this guy, uh, I met him right off the bat, day one of the convention. His name's Scott Cooper. Uh, We became friends. We hung out like every day. Awesome guy. He hosts a show called Millennial Nerds, which is squarely rooted in the comics, sci-fi, you know, pop culture stuff. But it isn't just another let's talk about comics type of show, uh, which, you know, there's a ton out there. Uh, He also branches out into other aspects that nerds and or millennials would be interested in. So like, like almost like a reverse Venn diagram, I don't know, like, like he's in the middle and it's like things that are over on this side that need to be talked about and things that are over on this side, like gaming, comics and all that for sure. But also like he does, you know, interviews about how gaming can make you a better leader or, you know, things like that. Really cool stuff. Uh, So definitely check him out. If you get a chance, Millennial Nerds uh, available everywhere, podcasts are listened to. I'm pretty certain. <laughs> I pretty. I you just Google him, and he's out there. So he's doing real cool stuff. And so give him a listen if that sounds like something that you'd be interested in. Cool. So there's. So there's that. Uh, that was second thing I wanted to cover. <laughs> and so we took this long break, and I went to the convention, and it revved me up. And and now here we are with our first new episode in four months. So we're unofficially calling this uh, the launch of season two. I never actually intended to do seasons on the show, but uh, it feels like a way to, you know, kind of make the hiatus not seem so bad. So, you know, just like uh, all of our favorite shows, you know, network television shows, you know, they take a break over the summer. That's that's what we did. No big deal. That's all it is. Uh, now, with our new our first episode back... I wanted to kind of tiptoe back in. You know, we still have got a lot of stories. There's still a whole lot of the Bible left to get to. Uh, But I was trying to figure out, and we'll, we'll, next week, we'll have a new, you know, an official story episode. But today I wanted to do a little bit, something a little bit different, play around with something. You know those videos? I I love them where they they have celebrities sit down and you know in front of the camera. You know like a Chris Pratt and I think like Jennifer Lawrence and whatever. Like there's a bunch of them out there. A bunch of different people do it. Where where they like pull up the like the when the, when you type in a search result or or not or when you type in a search into Google and it auto completes with the most popular things that people have searched for. So that you know answering the you know web's most asked questions. Well, I had the idea to do that for the Bible. And so I've got my browser up over here. So in a 2nd we I'll just start typing stuff in and we'll see what those top questions are and see if they're fun to answer. And this might fail horribly and it might not be fun at all, but yeah, we'll give it a shot. So that's what we're gonna to do today. But before that, as always, let's talk about what I'm drinking. So for today's episode, I am drinking a bourbon. Uh, I love my bourbons, as you know. And September here is National Bourbon Heritage Month. So that's kind of cool. And I decided to tie into that. And we're going a little higher class today. Uh, we're skipping over the bottom shelf at this time. No budget bottles today. Uh, we're going a little bit higher up uh, than I've gone on the show before, at least in the world of bourbon. That's Actually, let's talk about bourbon and pricing real quick. Okay, just for FYI. So I drink a lot of budget booze on this show. I'm not sponsored. This is just a hobby. And they can get real expensive buying $100 bottles of scotch every episode, every show. As much as I would love to do that. Um, not, uh, not happening. And when it comes to budgets, I like bourbons a whole lot. Because uh, it's the best, to me, best bang for your buck. Now, here's, uh, I don't know if we've gone over it before on the show, but if you don't know, here are the rules that by law, a product has to like be, or the process has to be in order for something to be called uh, straight bourbon. So one thing, the grain component, right? The mash bill, the thing that makes the whiskey, (laughs) it has to be at least 51% corn for bourbon. You know, other scotches and stuff like that don't have that. That's just a bourbon thing. Uh, it has to be aged at least two years uh, before being released. So anything under two years can't legally be called bourbon. That's really more like moonshine until it gets that two-year mark, uh, right? Just that fresh, clear. You know, that's how you get the color in whiskey bourbon is from the barrel, from the aging process. It, it kind of bleeds out and colors the, the booze, <laughs> the, the spirit. So it uh, has to be aged at least two years. But if it's between two years and four years, you have to say on the bottle how old it is. If it's older than four years, then you don't have to say anything. So there's this weird... Like Scotch, you know, we get real fancy, like like Lagavulin, right? You know, the, the, their flagships pretty much is a 16-year bottle. and That's so impressive to have this bottle of liquid that's been around for 16 years. Like when I drink a bottle of Lagavulin right now, the contents of that bottle, the liquid, the spirit, based on how old I am right now, those contents were first put in their barrel in scotland before i was legally able to drink and they've just been sitting there waiting for me this whole time uh to uncork that bad boy uh anyway so that so they have all have this prestigious like age statements on a lot of these scotch bottles and bourbon is almost like the reverse of that because when you see a sc ska- a scotch that doesn't say how old it is There's a little bit of like, oh, it's not no age statement. Like, what are they trying to sell me? And, uh, yeah, there's obviously some really great stuff that doesn't have age statements and stuff like that. Uh, But it's just kind of like the stigma a little bit of it. Uh, whereas with bourbon anything over the four years you don't have to say how old it is so that's actually kind of what you want is the no age statement Uh, a lot of times on their website or whatever they will show and you know they'll describe how old it is and uh, that type of thing but you don't have to say it on the bottle and to me because of a lot of these similar and and that four year like no age statement bourbon thing is really common even in the budgets like they don't have an age statement on there because it's aged four years right like four years in a day and i'm like all right bottle that sucker get it out there matt's thirsty so uh you kind of have this realm of they're all you know at least 51 percent corn a lot of them have been aged four years and there's definitely some differences in in them and there's also there's some other stuff i'm leaving out about like the percentages that it has to be before it goes in uh and like like the proofing all that kind of stuff there's more requirements for bourbon but i'm not talking about that right now so with bourbons we don't it's just not kind of like that culture kind of the same thing like with the scotches where like like there's not a 16 year old bourbon on the market that i'm aware of i'll have to do some research there are some cool ones that have been aged i think like 10 years and stuff but you know there, so there's some out there definitely but a lot of them are like bare minimum throw it out there and that's why they're cheaper you know you know in, in they're even great products but it's just cheaper than scotch in general uh, as a kind of blanket statement and that's maybe not 100 percent true in, in all instances but you get what i'm saying you get what i'm saying So for today, for the welcome back show, the start of season two or whatever we're calling it, uh, I decided to to go a little bit higher up on the shelves, uh, go for a a nicer, well-known bourbon. And it is none other. If you saw it on Instagram, you know, you saw the spoiler. It is Angels Envy Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey and it's great stuff it's really good there's a whole like cool lore behind it uh it's you know the name is cute angels envy if you don't know uh every year that whiskey is in a barrel about five percent of the contents disappear right it evaporates and they call this the angel share you might have seen the jim beam like devil's cut commercials from a few years ago with uh, mila kunis and she talks about the angel share the devil's cut all that that commercial always just stood out you know like like She's hot, and, you know, anyway, um, I just remember that commercial. But that's that's what it is. And the Angels Envy Bourbon is so named with the claim that after the Angels get their share, they're still envious of what's left and what we're getting to drink. So, you know, this poor Angel's only getting a little taste of it, and we get the whole bottle. So that's the idea with the name, which is cute. Uh, but, but above that, it's not just some, you know how do i say it not just some product but some guy just thought up one day it actually has a whole legacy tied to it uh lincoln henderson which was like a legend uh worked in the industry for like all his life or whatever you know um and during his years i mean he he helped came up with brands like woodford reserve and gentleman jack and etc cetera, etc cetera, right just uh uh Guy that knew bourbon, knew you know, whiskey, knew what he was to do knew what he was talking about. His son, Wes Henderson, uh so his son went to him like one day, I guess, and was you know like, "Hey, Dad, like you worked for these other companies all your life. Why don't you take what you know and make whatever you want to make yourself, and we'll have our own company?" And that's how it got started. It was uh, like three generations, I think, of the Henderson family. Uh, Lincoln himself, unfortunately, passed away a little while ago, but uh, you know the company's still going based on what he started. So what they do is you know, a little bit different. So they've got the they 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 get the the base whiskey right the base bourbon and they let it rest for about six years right so like two years over the four age no age statement requirements you get like two extra years of of it maturing and then at that point they take it out and they get these barrels these port port wine barrels from portugal i think if I remember reading that correctly uh, and bring those in and they, they take the whiskey out of the, their first barrels and they put them in these used port barrels to soak in that port and give it that an extra complexity and the flavor and everything. And they let that sit for like three to six months, uh, depending on taste and everything. But, so you got this like six and a half year long maturing process. And uh, it's, it's just really cool. It's something that uh, not a lot of bourbons are doing. I don't, I'm not off my head. I don't remember any other pork finished bourbons. I'm sure I could research it. There might be other ones out there that are trying to copy them or something. But pretty sure these guys were the first. Uh, definitely, definitely killing it. It's a great bottle. Uh, they're also right now, another reason I got them was... And they have they have others real quick. They have other products that are finished. Like there's one like finished in a rum barrel, I think. And then and then they have like the cask strength one, all that kind of stuff. This is like their flagship, the one finished in port wine barrels. So that's the one we're doing on the show today. Uh, but also why we're doing it is so back to the, the 51% corn mash and aged a bare minimum of two years the another requirement that i skipped over was that they all bourbon has to be aged in specifically brand new oak barrels that have been charred on the inside so each time you start making a batch of bourbon you take a brand new never before used oak barrel and then blow towards the inside and then it's ready to be filled up with your with your spirit right to start rest in that two to four years or whatever so this is true for all bourbon that's what's one of the requirements it's got to be these new oak barrels and so once they use one barrel in the two years or the four years or six years however long you've let it rest once it's been used you can't use it for bourbon anymore now a lot of these barrels just like like them buying the used port wine barrels uh, a lot of their barrels used for aging the bourbon, they sell them to other places and other projects. I've seen company like beer companies use them and put beer in there, let it sit, and same type of thing they're doing with the port wine, just doing it in reverse with the bourbon. So a lot of the barrels do get a little bit of extra use, or they sell them online, or <laughs> they break them up and they they turn up on Etsy or something, uh, different things. But because of it, because we go through so many trees and you know oak trees uh, for these barrels you know there's that we gotta we gotta respect the trees they're gonna we might run out one day right the uh, the Amazon's on fire or whatever's happening now. Uh, so they've been doing this for a few years now. In September, I think back in 2014, they do a Toast the Trees like event. So you grab a bottle or you grab a drink of Angel's Envy, you take a picture of it, you put it on social media, Instagram, or whatever, and hashtag Toast the Trees. And they're going to like look at them all and count them up and for every hashtag picture on the gram or whatever they're going to plant a new little oak tree uh, in like coming up in the in the spring for like arbor day or whatever to help replenish and help make sure we both have barrels for bourbon into the future and as well as you know like oxygen and shit like that so uh kind of kind of a big deal kind of necessary but since 2014, I think they've only planted like 44,000 trees or something like that. Their goal for this year alone is 30,000. So, you know, raising the bar, trying to get better, and just trying to do my little part to help with all of that. So uh, if you're at home, if you, have, if you have some, if you're at a bar or whatever, maybe try some, and then throw that hashtag up there, toast the trees, and let's let's get that process going. So that's what we're drinking today. It's a great bourbon, great product, great company. Uh, I will say this, not a dig. So the bottle that I bought uh, in my area ran me about 50 bucks. And uh, there's a little part of me that looks at that and like, oh, I could have gotten like two whole handles of Jim Beam for that, you know, Jim Beam White Label or, you know, a, a bunch of bottles of whatever, other things, other budget type stuff. And so, It is, it is good. You're going to get, you know, the port wine finish is interesting. I actually thought it was going to be more pronounced for me personally. Uh, I think it's a lot more subtle. I've had other whiskeys that have been, uh, finished in other types of things that have been more pronounced. So it's subtle. It's definitely, I mean, it's their goal. It's what they're going for, it's definitely a great bottle. If you're newer to bourbon. definitely you can't go wrong with this but if you don't want to spend that 50 bucks right off the bat or whatever the, you know your price might be for it um and you wanted to tiptoe in there's there's some other really great options that you don't have to go right in if, if 50 bucks is a lot for you so i don't know whatever i don't know why i'm really bringing that up right now um it's still it's still a good product it's still a good thing you know there's value there so anyway i'm tired of talking about all that uh let's get to drinking Good stuff. All right, so we talked about what I'm drinking. Now let's talk about Bible questions. Uh Um, what the world desperately wants to know. So let me bring up Google over here. Actually, move the. Let me just move this bottle I put in my way by accident. All right, so I've got Google up, and where do I want to start? Uh, well, how about the phrasing? Does the Bible? Okay, so here we go probably should have had someone else here to help me with this but we're gonna make it work okay does the bible oh that's, that's a really good one i'm gonna save that one for a minute that'll be our last one i'm gonna go back to that one all okay. right second one. Second. the top one is too good does the bible talk about cremation that's interesting that's a that's a burning question no pun intended uh that people are googling interesting so in short Uh, absolutely not it does not talk about cremation there's no mention of it specifically Uh, we can see that the vast majority uh, of let's say good guys in the bible are buried right they have proper burials and you know a lot of graves are set up and tombs all that kind of stuff Uh, they're generally great pains taken to make sure there are proper burials and and most of the time, not one hundred percent, but most of the time, people who are burned after death are the bad guys or burned to death in a lot of situations. But um, you know, there's kind of like so you can see this the good guys get proper burial, the bad guys get burned or whatever. And there's definitely some kind of anecdotal evidence that, you know, burial good, cremation bad, but it's nowhere really specified or talked against. Now you can definitely get into uh, you know belief systems and and whether Christian or Jewish or whatever that types of things and how it's how it's really evolved but there's not really a, a that I remember <laughs> that I that I know of not really a hard and fast like nope don't do this so uh, it's more anecdotal so boom question one let's keep going let me oh, it, does the Bible whoop, help if I miss okay so does the Bible? say not to eat pork it does that's pretty that's pretty straightforward in there it's in the old testament talking about kosher laws and uh, it says that uh, maybe not pork per se but it talks about clean and unclean animals and pigs are definitely listed in that unclean category so yeah yeah pork's a no-no in the old testament does the bible contradict itself Wow, uh, that's a loaded question that I'm probably going to do a whole other episode on. Um yeah, we're not we're not talking about that one right now. Uh, sort of kind of depending on how you want to read it it does or does not it's a loaded It's a loaded question almost a personal choice uh, it, well, we'll talk about it I'm going to do a whole other episode about that because there's some websites out there that are like oh here's all the times that it contradicts itself and you look at them and you're like that like isn't even a thing what do you tell like this that uh, you're you are just you know pulling at little baby strings that, that that's not what they're even talking about you know like I don't know, like some stupid shit. Like, oh, and in the morning Joseph had eggs, and then like another passage, like you know, and then today he had waffles. And like, how dare you? Like, over here you said he had eggs, and now you're saying he has waffles. Like, I don't like what. Like, was it maybe it was different mornings or something? Like, like some of those times where they the contradictions that they pick are like really nitpicky. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna do a whole episode about that. So anyway, skip that. Um, all right, so let's try a new uh we said the bible does the bible say does the bible say anything about tattoos okay that's a cool one so the thing about tattoos is it normally only talks about it like it says don't mark yourself for the dead so there's this is an old testament part of the whole uh same kind of time frame i think that when they were talking about kosher laws and stuff and so it was like you know if, if a family member dies or a loved one dies it's you know they i guess that was a lot of like tradition or whatever it was thought that like they would like oh like they would like have like pottery and like scratch themselves and do stuff and i don't know all this kind of it was weird weird stuff and that's what it was saying not to do like you can mourn people being dead don't mark your body don't scar yourself don't do that type of thing for the dead so but that's all it says it doesn't say you can't scarification or you can't do something just for the fun of it it just says that don't do it for the dead and that's kind of really all it talks about you know there's other inferences that christians will make about like uh the body your body is a temple for the holy spirit and like you shouldn't like you know fuck up that temple that type of thing but uh like it doesn't it doesn't say not to do tattoos It really it's not in there so does does the bible say not to eat meat nope uh the bible is not specifically vegan guys sorry uh, the amount of feasts that were made where they killed an animal or even commandments for Passover about eating lamb, etc. Nope, meat, eating meat is in there a bunch, and it doesn't say not to. And now there are those certain rules, certain kosher rules about certain types of animals and things like that that we kind of talked about. But nope, if it's kosher, it's meat, you're good. Don't have to live vegan, per the Bible does the bible say not to drink Ooh, obviously uh you might think that i'm a little biased on this one uh but i, I don't even need to be be the bible is very clear through specific verses and symbolism that booze is a joyous thing uh, a gift from god to rejoice with and about and it does say not to give way to drunkenness like don't be drunk all the time don't be an alcoholic you got to watch yourself that type of thing right so I, I get that um don't be a you know total asshole you know be careful um again back to like the body is a temple of the holy spirit all that kind of stuff you can take that to mean that you should be pure and all that kind of stuff and and there's definitely like you can like read between the lines on different stuff and see what level of, of drinking or not drinking but uh it doesn't it doesn't ban it i think i talked about this in the pilot episode jesus's own first miracle was turning water into wine so so i mean it's good enough for jesus it's good enough for me who who am i let's change up the wording here let's say is the bible inerrant Ooh, that's the first one that comes up um what, how do you how do you answer that one uh, without error like that's uh, it's hard to say that's the it's the bible it's gonna be what you think about it or whatever uh that's that's impossible to answer is the bible the oldest book okay that's a hard one uh it's hard to define like what is a book is a handwritten diary a book then no right is a like we have ledgers and such written on papyrus that you know predate the bible uh so you know that's That's out, or you know, like written even in stone tablets and shit. Like, what's what is a book by definition? Uh, You know, if if a book has to be printed on the pages, then maybe Uh, there was a version of the Bible called the Gutenberg Bible, which was one of, if not the earliest books printed on a printing press that was in like the 1450s or something uh and that but the chinese used wooden block printing methods back in the 800s so uh, they kind of win that one too so eh, that's a hard vague definition of what the oldest book would mean so i kind of think no um but uh, that's how i feel is the Bible a primary source? Someone's trying to buy, write a uh, book report. It looks like, um, all right, make, doing a research paper, trying to trying to get a quote in there. The answer is yes. By the way, a primary source would be the primary source you're using to write a paper. It, I mean, you can. It's yeah, it is. It's a it's a book. It's out there. It's the source that you're quoting. So that's that's easy. Is the Bible a history book? Ooh, okay, so again it's what you believe if you think that the bible is a truthful uh representation of how creation and how humanity came into existence then for you it is a history book um if you don't believe that, then it's not. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. There was this really cool book when I was in the UK in January. I can't remember if I was in Edinburgh, Scotland, or in London. I can't remember which museum I was at, but I was at one of them. I think it was London. I can't remember. And I took this picture. I got to go find it. I got to go sift through my 2,000 pictures that I took uh, while I was over there. But I saw this book. It was like one of the biggest books I've ever seen in my life. It was this massive, ornate, uh, like, you know, I think I had like gold. Old, like edging and like carved out and crap. Like, it was like a massive book. It was like uh, maybe I'm exaggerating. I gotta go look at the picture again. It was behind glass. You can't touch it. You can't do whatever. But it was like a foot, foot and a half, like tall, or maybe even bigger, two feet tall, and uh, just a massive, thick, massive, thick book. And apparently, the little plaque that was with it said, "I can't remember what time frame it was." Like, oh, I should have looked it up. I didn't realize this was gonna be a question. It like basically, I, I know it was like. No, I don't think it was King James, it might have been even earlier than that. I don't know. There was some time it, but it was it was called like something like the history of the world or something like that. And apparently the first half of it was like just the regular Bible all the way up through Jesus and stuff. And then it switches over and it's like the history of like Britain or whatever like like going through I can't I can I have to go look it up again and and um, I'll do a fact check on myself in another episode and and give you the full details. But it was really cool that they had they had combined their perception of history and how like they had can't come to be with the Bible and just like yep, this is the the full history of the world. And I don't know, we've definitely gotten away from that idea in modern times. But um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's change the word up again. Let's see. Does Did I do this one already? Oh let's let's say it wrong. Does Bible I, I'll leave out a word there, say if it's does Bible <laughs> does Bible paper burn slow? Alright, this one uh why it's not inherently intrinsically holy in Oh oh I'm I'm dumb. Okay. It's not it's not saying that it's impervious to fire does bible paper burn slow? I they're trying to get into some extracurricular activities. I get it. I don't I don't think that it does. Uh <laughs> So my buddy about 10 years ago or so, uh my old roommate actually, uh, he had a friend who whenever he would go to a hotel and stay in a hotel he would take the bible that Gideon whatever bible that's in like every hotel room and he'd go to Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen. Uh, that's the verse that Sam Jackson quotes in Pulp Fiction right so it's, it's a classic scene classic movie and he would this guy would rip out that page of the bible to use later for making joints uh I know that's a thing, that's what this question is asking about, I'm pretty certain, is try to use Bible papers uh to, to roll up joints. I'm not a weed aficionado, I never rolled my own blunt or anything like that, so I'm not 100% sure if pages of the Bible would make for good burn papers, but my gut instinct is no. I feel like joints should burn slow, kind of, right? Um, You want to sit a bit until you take another drag, I think. Uh, you don't want it all just go burning up, you know, wasting your weed or anything. So uh, most Bibles that I've encountered actually have very thin paper, like some of the thinnest paper I've ever seen, uh, which makes sense. There's so many pages. But, like, I mean, it'd be like, it'd be a, it, you wouldn't be able to lift it if it was on cardstock. There's so many pages. So uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, no, don't use pages of the Bible for your blunts. Uh, not even talking about disrespecting Thanks. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. Uh, I just think it's an inefficient uh for rolling joints. But I don't do that. Uh I don't know what I'm talking about in that. So you make you, <laughs> you do what you gotta do, I guess. Uh is the Bible capitalized? Yes, uh when talking about the Bible, uh it is. It's that's the name of the book. Uh, if you're using the word Bible as a kind of description, like oh, uh, this is the the end-all, be-all, total, complete encyclopedia, the Bible of the of foot fetishes or some shit. Um, right? Then you wouldn't capitalize that because it's just like the description of what it is. But the Bible itself is capitalized. All right. Um, these are kind of boring. More going back to the cremation. Everyone's worried about cremation. Interesting. All right. This, I'm going to go back to this one. We'll end up on this one. Does the Bible mention unicorns? It's a great question, and it's fun that it's, like, one of the number one things that people search for. Like, it's so it's cool. Like, that's the burning question on so many people's minds. You know, Google, like, puts it number one up there. So, uh, okay, let's go again and get the good stuff. Does the Bible talk about unicorns? yeah sort (laughs) of it kind of does uh if we take that question literally does the bible mention unicorns or talk about unicorns then yes in the king james version of the bible the original one there are nine places where the word unicorn is written in there so yes it does now in a lot of more modern translations and a lot of updates they have removed that word unicorn because a lot of people don't think that they are actually talking about mystical horses with a horn whose blood can cure any wound if you drink it that type of thing um i don't i I don't know you make your own thing Alright, so, if we look into it further, a lot of people think that oh, no, it's just like a mistranslation and they really meant like rhinoceroses or something, right? You know, they think about, you know, they've got a horn and I don't know, they, they maybe that's what they're talking about. I don't subscribe to that. I don't believe that. Uh, I don't know if rhinoceroses were present in the area the region um that things are taking place where they would talk about unicorns in the bible uh i think if you actually take it back to the hebrew the original hebrew word in that spot that they're saying is unicorn is i'm not sure how to say it uh ra me or like reem or reem again i can't say it but um and it it a lot of evidence that points to it just talking about an ox a wild ox that hasn't been tamed or whatever that type of thing uh and i think that's probably probably what it's talking about whenever it says unicorn but hey i don't it's not real clear if you want to read all those nine passages that talk about unicorns and think that it's definitely talking about unicorns then go for it i don't know if it even changes the message that much uh like it talks about it in in joe which we're going to come up with going to do in a future episode um and i'll i'll pinpoint why and and have the the vision of or you know the the image the mental imagery of of if there was a unicorn in that spot uh that type of thing uh so yeah it's cool stuff you can you can choose to believe in unicorns or not uh depending on which version of the bible you want to you want to read so uh um, I'm, I'm personally going to say no on it, but hey, I'm not here to tell you what to do. So, all right. Well, that was kind of a thing we did. <laughs> um, there's a lot of other stuff on there. A lot of, I mean, the cremation. What does the Bible say about divorce? What does the Bible say about the uh, does it say an eye for an eye that type of thing ah there's other stuff on here we maybe go into it later they're not as fun i like talking about unicorns and rolling joints and stuff right that's what this show is all about so anyway welcome back to this show we'll have new content next week uh, again thank you guys for listening thank you guys for coming back um sorry for ghosting you but we're back now thanks so much hope you have a fantastic day cheers